terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find the baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in, heaven, in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angel had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherd went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. I don't know about you, Bill, but when I read Luke chapter 2, for some reason, maybe it's because I grew up in a Christian home and, and always heard it around Christmas time, but I get tingles. I, I don't know about you, but there are some verses in the Bible that for me, there's something beautiful about them. There's something magical about them. Maybe even for you, you feel like there's a, a magical kind of thing around Christmas, right? I want to talk to you tonight about this Christmas story, right? We, we've talked if you're here, you've probably heard as, as many uh, messages on the Christmas story as you are old, at least, right? We have guaranteed one a year. It's what happens, right? But, but I want to talk to you about this idea, and, and maybe we can find something new, or maybe we can just remind ourselves of why Christmas is important to us. And maybe you walked in here, and, and you don't think Christmas is important to you. Maybe someone kind of twisted your arm, you were guilted into it by family, you, you came along thinking this was something totally different, and you walked in, and you're like, this is not what I thought, but it's too late to leave now. But for whatever reason that you're here, I, I think that we can understand a little bit more about what this Christmas story is. Is that all right? Very cool. Hey, uh, I'm going to pray, so why don't you bow your heads with me? You can pray along with me, or you can just have a, have a wee break. Um, God, I thank you that, that we get to come here tonight, and that we get to, um, yeah, just to turn our attention towards you. Thank you that, that Christmas is a special time, no matter who we are, no matter where we come from, not, no matter even if we believe in you or not. And I pray that uh, tonight, as we're here, and as we're looking at this Christmas story, that that we'd see something different, that we'd see something bigger, that we'd see something more than what we walked in knowing. God, that we would leave here different than when we came in, that we'd leave here encouraged um, and, and just, yeah, more excited about what Christmas means and what you mean to us. Amen. Amen. Very cool. So um, do, do any of you have vivid memories of Christmas growing up, right? I think Christmas is it's one of those uh, kind of landmarks in life, right? You can always kind of remember what happened each Christmas. Someone else might ask you about what happened the rest of the year. You'd be like, I don't know, but I remember that Christmas I got a fire truck, right? Don't know what else happened that year, but that Christmas uh, my cousin stole all my toys, or, or that Christmas I broke my arm falling down the stairs. Christmas is a, a point where things seem to happen, right? I, one of my most vivid memories of Christmas was, was around the age of 10, right? It's, it's Christmas Eve, and, and I'm, I'm meant to be asleep, right? I'm in bed, Christmas Eve, I'm meant to be asleep, and, and I'm lying there in bed, but I'm too excited to go to sleep. Does anyone know that feeling? Right, Christmas Eve, and you're lying there, and you're like, it's Christmas soon. Some people are like, I still have it, and I'm like, 35, it's all right, it never goes away. Right, and, and, and I just couldn't go to sleep, and I was lying there, but I knew that soon my parents would be coming into my room, 
right? Because my family has a tradition where they'd bring in just a, a little pillow sack full of gifts, not from Santa, obviously. Guys, we know Santa's gifts are under the tree, but, but from my parents. And my mum's a doctor, and so uh, it was full of practical gifts, like a, a toothbrush uh, and, and maybe like a, a matchbox car, some new socks, some new undies. Never any lollies, but, but some fruit, you know, some oranges, some, some apples, you know, whatever's seasonable, whatever is going cheap at the supermarket. But it was always exciting because it was the first thing I got to open on Christmas Day, right? Everything else I had to wait to open, but this Christmas sack, the moment I was awake, it was mine, right? I was, it was fair game, good to go. And so I'm lying there trying to get to sleep, and, and I'm, I'm dozing in and out, and then I hear the door creak open, and I'm like, <gasps> but I know if I move, right? If I reveal the fact that I'm not actually asleep, they're not going to come into the room. They're going to go back out. And, and so I'm lying there, and I'm hearing my parents creep into my room. Now, what you need to understand about me is I'm a slightly obsessive personality, right? And, and at that current time, when I was 10 years old, my obsession was with Lego, right? But it wasn't just a, a normal obsession because what had happened is I had some quite well-off cousins, right? And they were about six or seven years older than me. So what happened is they outgrew all of their Lego and there was three boys, right? Three boys in this well-off family and they loved Lego, but now they didn't like it anymore. So all of the Lego came to me. Right? And, and so I had this box, and I'm not lying, it was about yay high and yay wide, full of Lego. Just, just chocker full of, I could make anything. I, I, was, I was a master with Lego. And what happened was the agreement I had with my parents was that my room was my domain. Right? I could make whatever I wanted in my room and do whatever I wanted with it. This, this came about because otherwise there would be Lego hidden all around the house. Right? You go to heat up something in the microwave and you'd find you accidentally melted a Lego man. So they said, you can have your Lego just in your room. Right? And so what I'd do is I would set up these amazing battles. Right? Like there'd be a battle near the wardrobe and it would kind of go up and over onto the desk and then go around my bed and it would go around the floor and in front of the door. And so what that meant is when my dad opened the door, he had a literal minefield in front of him. Right? Like, like he needed to navigate this for two reasons. One, they knew that if they managed to knock over some of my Lego then not only would they be standing on it, and who knows that standing on Lego in bare feet is the worst pain. Like, it just, it, it just strikes a nerve somewhere that nothing else can do, right? So not only would it be excruciatingly painful and he wouldn't be able to, you know, keep himself silent and not wake me up, but there would be hell to pay in the morning, right? It doesn't matter if it's Christmas. It doesn't matter if, my, if it's my birthday. It doesn't matter what the day is, how exciting it is. If I woke up and one Lego piece was out of place and I would know, I would be on rampage, right? How would you move Bob? He was about to fight Sam and now it's all ruined, right? And so here it is, right? The, the door creaks open and I'm lying there trying to stay as still as I can. And I hear my dad creep around the Lego, right? He manages to avoid it all, which is impressive because he has size 13 feet, Right, manages to creep around it all, and, and I feel a weight laid on the end of my bed. And they creep back out, and I hear the door closed. And so there I am lying in bed, and I know something's at the end of the bed. And it's like 10 o'clock at night, and I know I'm not allowed to open it till 6 a.m. And I'm just lying there, and I start trying to use my feet to figure out, like, right, if I'm not using my hands, it's not cheating. So I start trying to use my feet to figure out what is in this pillow sack. Like, what, what is, is it an orange this year? Is it an apple? Am I getting a toothbrush? Am I getting underwear? What's, what is going on down here? And I start feeling around with my feet and feeling around. And eventually I must have fallen asleep because I know I didn't open it that night and I didn't stay up all night. 
right? And I remember waking up the crack of dawn, 6 a.m. Who, who here is a parent, right? Who's excited about, you know, the day off, your day off? Maybe you work today. Maybe tomorrow is your first day off in a, in a while, and, and you're going to get to wake up at 6 a.m. with your kids. Ah, it's a beautiful thing to be a parent, right? Love it. Love it. I'm glad I don't have kids. But, um, right, I woke up, 6 a.m., 6 a.m. and I rush down to the end of my end of my bed and I open this pillowcase and I tear into my presents and, and there's an orange and there's an apple and, and it's Christmas and it's exciting. But, but then I need more, right? Then I'm like, man, I've, I've ripped into these presents. This was fantastic. But there's, there's presents under the tree. There's presents under the tree downstairs, a, a whole lot more exciting presents. There might be more Lego. There might be a basketball. Who knows what's under that tree? And so I run into mom and dad's room and they're like, look, son, you can't open your presents until after church on Christmas Day. I'm like, what, was Jesus born at like 10 o'clock? Why are we, why are we limiting Jesus' birthday here? We should celebrate it straight away. But does anyone remember that feeling of going to church? And, and, you know, Christmas Eve church is great because there's no temptation. But Christmas Day church is a fantastic thing as well. But, but there is that, that moment when you're standing there and you're, you're singing Hark the Herald Angels Sings, right? which is a long song. Right, it's got a lot of verses. It's one of those songs that you get to the second verse and you're like, done. And the third verse starts, and you're like, wow, this is a really long song. But you're standing there and you're singing it, and you're like, when's this going to end? I need to get home to open the presents. And then my parents, because they love us so much, decided that not only do we not get to open the presents until after church, we have to eat lunch first. Right, so you're sitting there and you've got like the best meal you will eat all year. But you can't enjoy it because you just need to eat it as quickly as you can because it is in the way between you and your presence, right? And so you gulf down your food as fast as is humanly possible. Because it's so easy to lose sight of why we do Christmas, right? It's so easy to lose track of what the reason for Christmas is. Have you ever had a bad Christmas? It's funny, we would think that a bad Christmas would be a Christmas when you don't get the gifts that you want, or, or, or a Christmas when it's raining, right? Because weather is important, who knows that we're, we're happy it looks like it's going to be sunny tomorrow. Don't jinx it, just keep on praying, right? But, but a good Christmas should be the Christmas when you get what you want, and the weather is great, right? And, and no one cooks the food badly, and no one gets food poisoning, and no one breaks any bones. Just, you know, side note, that's a good day any day. Right, that should be a good Christmas. But who knows, a bad Christmas isn't a Christmas when you don't get what you want. A bad Christmas isn't a Christmas when the weather isn't right because Christmas is actually bigger than, than the weather or, or our presence. See, what is it about Christmas? Why is Christmas different to, to every other holiday, every other celebration that we know? Is it the tinsel? Right? Is, is, it, is it the, the goodwill? Is it the tasty food? Is it the tradition, the, the snow? We, we don't have snow in New Zealand, so it can't be the snow. Right, but I'd like to propose here on, on Christmas Eve 2015 that, that I can sum up the essential nature of Christmas in one word. Right, that, that Christmas all boils down to one word. And I think that word is reunion. See, I think the, the whole reason, the, the key theme of the Christmas story is all about reunion. Christmas is that moment when man is reunited with God. See, Christmas is when a 2,000-year gulf, a 2,000-year rift, chasm between God and those He loves most is bridged. See, in, in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 15, these angels appear to those shepherds, and, and the glory of God appears around them. And this is a new thing. 
See, in, in the entire history of the Bible, the, the glory of God has only appeared to, to really kings and prophets, right? Important people who were going to do important things. And this was an event reserved for the chosen people that God was going to use to change the world, right? You had to be a, a big ticket person. You had to be important. And here it was happening to some random shepherds in a field. Right? These guys hadn't, hadn't earned the glory of God. They weren't prophets. They weren't kings. They weren't studied. They hadn't done anything great. And to be honest, they didn't go on to do anything super amazing, at least in comparison to the other people that, that God had met. And yet the glory of God appears to them, and the angels begin to sing, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. See, I, I believe that, that Christmas is special. That Christmas is, is magical, different to any other tradition or festivity, because it's all about the return of God's glory to man. See, a return to this relationship of Eden, a return to, to the way that things are meant to be, where we can be known by God and know God. See, we need to get in on the excitement of the angels here. The angels understand how this works, and they're excited, they're amped, they show up in numbers, and they're celebrating because they know that this is what the world has been building to. This is the culmination of all the things that have come before, that man is finally reunited with their reason for living. Right? See, see, what's happening here is if we're not careful, we can miss it because God has come as a baby, and he's born to a young woman, and he's placed in a feeding tray for animals, and for us, even more so, it's tradition. Right, it's a thing that we do every year, 25th of December. It's a reason to not have to go work and to get to eat too much food. Right, it's a great time to connect with family and it's a great time to, to celebrate the year that's been and look to what will come. And, and these are all important things, but we can miss what's actually happening here, the whole reason that Christmas exists. See, the angels are excited and they come to the shepherds, average men, not wanting them to miss what's going on here. Because this is it. At this moment, this is what all of history will be known from. Before this life and after this life. This is the man who will change everything. God's glory finally touches earth again. Right? Finally, for everyone, man and God are reunited. See, there's an interesting question. Can God be fully God apart from man? I would say yes. Right? I would say that God is big enough, but, but perhaps a, a more interesting question is, can man be fully man apart from God? Right? Can we be human if we're just on our own? I, I don't know about you, but I find in my life and in the life of those that I know, we're always searching. We're always looking, we're always yearning, aching for something to fill that hole. And I see people try in innumerable ways, right? with fantastic, amazing, important, good things, but they take these good things and they try and make them the thing that fills the hole and it just doesn't quite work. And I've seen people come to resent the things that they love because they can't be their God. I've seen it in my life that I resent the things that I enjoy, that I love, that I cherish because I'm trying to make it something that, that it's not. See, see I, I firmly believe that one of the reasons that people love Christmas is because we unintentionally draw near to God. Right, what happens is unintentionally we follow God for a few days. We step closer to God's love and to His grace. We, we step outside of the perspective of, of us and into the perspective of God. Right? It's crazy that everyone seems to love Christmas. Even if, even if you're a Grinch and, and you don't like the circumstances of Christmas, you, you don't like the Christmas carols, and, and maybe Christmas is a hard time for you, there's still something about Christmas that will make you smile. Even if it's only to yourself and only to a moment, there's something about the season that, that encourages us. 
that makes us feel happy. There's, there's, a, there's that word of that Christmas magic. Right? And we could be, you know, uh, critical and say, oh, it's just all, it's advertising and, and it's promotion. But, but there's something beyond that then even when you don't get the present that you want, right? And even when the weather is horrible and, and even when the family is all fighting, there's a moment in Christmas when sometimes we can just pause and be like, actually, today feels just special, right? Special for, for some sort of reason. And I, I think that reason is because Christmas is a reunion, when you and I were restored back to the God who created us and loves us. See, Christmas is our chance to realize what life is all about. Christmas is our chance to draw close to the one thing that gives us meaning. See, just as I finish, this, this leads me into a story. And I think this story paints an amazing picture of, of what we're looking at, of what this, this idea is, right? And this story, it's, it's been around for quite a long time, and it's most recently been, been rewritten by an, uh, an author called Patricia Palaco, and it's, it's a book called The Christmas Tapestry. And this version is a little bit different to her version, but I, I think there's something in this story that captures why we enjoy Christmas, right? Captures not, not maybe the logic, not, not the ideas, but the feeling of what is it about Christmas that excites us? That, that makes us feel calm, that makes us feel joyful, that makes the world, no matter how tumultuous and, and crazy it might be, feel all right for just a moment. See, the story it goes like this. It happened to a brand new pastor and his wife, newly assigned to their first ministry to reopen a church in suburban Brooklyn. They arrived in early October, excited about the opportunities before them. But when they saw their church, it was very run down and needed much work. They set a goal to have everything done in time to have their first service on Christmas Eve. They worked hard, repairing pews, plastering walls, painting, etc. And, and on December 18th, they were way ahead of schedule and just about to finish. On December 19th, a terrible tempest, a, a driving rainstorm hit the area and lasted for two days. On the 21st, the pastor went over to the church his heart sank when he saw that the roof had leaked, causing a, causing a large area of plaster about 20 feet by 8 feet to fall off the front wall of the sanctuary just behind the pulpit, beginning about head high. The pastor cleaned up the mess on the floor and not knowing what else to do but postpone the Christmas Eve service, he headed home. It was on the way home that he noticed that a local business was having a flea market type sale for charity, so he stopped in. One of the items was a beautiful handmade ivory-colored crocheted tablecloth with exquisite work, beautiful colors, and a cross embroidered right in the center. It was just the right size to cover up the hole in the front wall of the church, and so he brought it and headed back. By this time, it had started to snow. An older woman running from the opposite direction was trying to catch the bus. She missed it. The pastor invited her to wait in the warm church for the next bus, which was 45 minutes later. She sat in a pew and paid no attention to the pastor while he got a ladder and hangers to put up the tablecloth as a wall tapestry. The pastor could hardly believe how beautiful it looked and it covered up the entire problem area. Then he noticed the woman walking down the center aisle. Her face was like a sheet. Pastor, she asked, where did you get that tablecloth? The pastor explained. The woman asked him to check the lower corner to see its initials. E, B, G were crocheted into it. There they were. 
Those were the initials of the woman. She had made this tablecloth 35 years before in Austria. The woman could hardly believe it as the pastor told her how he had just gotten the tablecloth. Well, the woman explained that before the war, she and her husband were well-to-do people in Austria. When the Nazis came, she was forced to leave. Her husband was going to follow her the next week, but she was captured and sent to prison and never saw her husband or her home again. The pastor wanted to give her the tablecloth, but she made the pastor keep it for the church. The pastor insisted on driving her home. That was the least he could do. She lived on the other side of Staten Island and was only in Brooklyn for the day for a house cleaning job. What a wonderful service they had on Christmas Eve. The church was almost full. The music and the spirit were great. At the end of the service, the pastor and his wife greeted everyone at the door and many said that they would return. One older man, whom the pastor recognized from the neighborhood, continued to sit in one of the pews and stare. And the pastor wondered why he wasn't leaving. The man asked him where he got the tablecloth on the front wall from because it was identical to one that his wife had made years ago when they lived in Austria before the war. And how could there be two tablecloths so much alike? He told the pastor how the Nazis had came, how he forced his wife to flee for her safety and he was supposed to follow her, but he was arrested and put into prison and how he never saw his wife or his home again in all the 35 years in between. The pastor asked him if he would allow him to take him for a little ride. They drove to Staten Island into the same house where the pastor had taken the woman three days earlier. He helped the man climb the three flight of stairs to the woman's apartment knocked on the door, and he saw the greatest Christmas reunion he could ever imagine. See, I don't know about you, but I think 35 years would be a pretty long time to be separated from someone you love. 35 years of, of not knowing how they were, unsure if they were alive or dead. 35 Christmases that don't feel complete. 35 years of ambiguity. 35 years of wondering. Right, And, and then... They're reunited. 35 years, I think we'd all agree, is a long time to be separated from the love of your life. See, but Christmas, Christmas is about a lot more than a reunion of 35 years, as amazing as that is. Christmas is a reunion of hundreds, thousands of years in the making. And it's not just loved ones, regardless of how loved or how special. It's a reunion of glory of light, of love, of goodness and meaning being restored to a broken and hurting humanity. See, the angels knew. The angels knew how much God loved us. And that's why the angels are so excited. That's why they're singing. That's why they're showing up to random shepherds in a field because they've seen firsthand the obsession, the passion of God towards man. They were privy to the original advent, if you will. The first countdown, God counting down the days to being reunited with man again. See, God is obsessed. God is in love. God is infatuated with us. See, and, and we haven't, and we can't earn it. And yet here He is loving us. See, Christmas is so special, so magical, because it is the ultimate reunion. A God who maybe you don't even know becoming a baby for us, dying for us to be you reunited with us. See, God is coming to us in Christmas. Christmas is about God doing all the work, traveling the whole distance so that man who has been separated from God could be reunited. Right, so here we are. 
Christmas, just as the prophets foretold thousands of years earlier, Jesus comes to the world not not as expected, not as a conquering king, not leading an army, but but small and, and fragile, delivered to unready and afraid parents. And, and so here is this baby lying in a feeding trough for animals and, and his arrival announces to the world glory. See, this is a reunion that man would once again know God, to be in relationship, to have God's glory as our own. It says in John chapter 17, verse 22, I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. See, see, God came, Jesus came so that we might know life in a glorious new way, that we might have His glory so that we can be in relationship with God and and by extension, we can once again be truly human. After all, what is the glory of man? To know God. See, this is the beauty and the essence and the meaning of Christmas, that, that Christianity, it's the Christmas magic. It's the Christmas glory all year round. It's this feeling of of love and acceptance, of knowing that that things will be all right no matter what you walk through because there is someone bigger and greater with you. Because of Jesus, we can draw near to God all year. Because of Jesus, God is always with us. And that Christmas magic that people feel when they unintentionally follow God for a few days, as they step closer to His love and to His grace, we can always be there. See, Christmas is the announcement to all humanity. You can be truly human once more. See, what is Christmas? I think at its heart, it's a reunion. It's us encountering our reason for living again. And I know that we're not all in the same place here today. That we all come in with with different ideas and and different experiences. And, And I'm well aware that some of you have lived many more years than me. Right, but I think that, that no matter how long we've been alive and what we, we've experienced, we've all had that moment when we feel like everything's been ripped away. We've all had that moment when life feels too big, too hard, and we feel infinitely small. See, and Christmas for me is about a realization that we don't have to do everything on our own. That it's not up to us to make it work. See, at Christmas I celebrate family. At Christmas, I enjoy my holiday. I love the good weather. I look forward to presents here. But, but Christmas for me, the essence of Christmas is an opportunity to remember, to remind myself that I've been reunited with someone who loves me more than I can imagine. That it's not on me. That I don't have to do it on my own. So just as, as I finish here tonight, we're going to sing a carol in just a minute. But if you could just bow your heads and close your eyes for me just for a minute. See, you might be here tonight, and maybe this is your first time in church this year. You might be here tonight, and maybe this is your your 20th, your 30th, your your 100th time in church this year. It doesn't matter where we come from, what we've been through, who we think we are, or, or what others might say about us. We all need this reunion. And if you're here tonight, and you know that, that really, if you're honest with yourself, that the magic of Christmas is lacking something because you feel like it's just you. Like maybe you're trying to do Christmas on your own, like you're trying to be God. And I don't want to push anything on you, but every service we have at Equippers Church Wellington, we always want to give you the opportunity to respond to God. 
And maybe this is your first time in church and those words sound funny to you. All I'm saying is that in a minute, I'm going to pray a prayer. And this prayer is just asking God to come with you, to walk with you, to be your friend, but most importantly, to be your God. But that's a good thing because if God's not God, we have to be. And so what I'm offering you this Christmas Eve is the opportunity to receive the the greatest gift known to man, to receive the opportunity to be in relationship with a God who loves you. And maybe you've been here before, you've made this decision before, this is old hat for you. But I just want to encourage you, no matter where you come from, what you've been through, maybe try this decision one more time. Maybe this Christmas, when you turn to Jesus and say, all right, one more time, one more go, maybe you'll find something you haven't found before. Maybe you'll find that in knowing Jesus this Christmas, Christmas changes and life changes. So if tonight that's you, you're here and you know that that you need to make this decision because either you've never made it before or, or, or God feels distant from you. If that's you here tonight, I just want you to raise your hand right now, just as everyone's eyes are closed and, and heads are bowed. And, and raising your hand isn't special or, or magical, but it allows me to see who I'm praying with and it allows you to know what you're praying, what you're doing, the decision that you're making. So just one more time, if you're here tonight and this is you, you want to make this decision, you want to pray this prayer, I just want to encourage you to raise your hand now. Awesome. Awesome. I'm just going to pray this prayer and I just want you to repeat these words after me. And and these words aren't aren't special, but your decision is. Is that all right? Hey, pray this with me. Dear God, Thank you you. for this Christmas, the opportunity to be reunited with you, to know someone bigger and greater than me. God, I know this next year is going to be big, but I'm excited to do it with you. Thank you that you love me and you're walking with me. Amen. Hey, very cool, very cool. Hey, we're going to finish with a carol. We're going to sing um, O Holy Night. This one, eight. Yeah, we're going to sing O Holy Night one more time. But I just want to encourage you, you know, um, tomorrow as Christmas happens, it's going to be amazing. But, but why not take the opportunity at some stage throughout the day just to have a moment of quiet, just to, to think about maybe what Jesus means to you. And if you've enjoyed this service and you'd like to connect with us more as a church, uh, we're going to be right back here again. 10 a.m. on our Sunday the 27th, that's this coming Sunday. So we'd love to see you then. Uh, But until then, enjoy a carol.